Welcome to Burning in Hell, you guys. I just started a Patreon because that's all the cool kids are doing. I'm going to answer questions like why I got fired from my job, my personal relationships. I don't know, all the sneaky stuff that you guys want me to talk about, but I haven't talked about. (laughs) Welcome to Burning in Hell. I've always had very positive vibes from this man. Um, He's a stand-up comedian, co-host of the Irish Goodbye podcast, and he has a debut comedy album coming out called Rage Against the Routine. I have so many questions. Mike Feeney, welcome to hell. Hey, thanks for having me. It's equally as hot in here as (laughs) as I imagine. You're also wearing a leather jacket. I know. Should I take this off? I feel like it really brings the whole look I love the plaid on the inside. Right? Isn't that a fun thing? You're a stylish man. I'm not. This is is it. (laughs) <laughs> it's jeans, a t-shirt, and then a jacket and good sneakers. You're actually the third married man I've ever had on. Okay. I love, I treat you like an alien. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like you're married. It's he asked me if I wanted to switch headphones because I was complaining about my headphones. And I was like, that's such a married man thing to, to say because I feel like you've been trained well. Uh, I guess. I mean, is that, a, is that by, you're saying that's by my wife or by like my upbringing? Um, your wife. Okay. That's true, because I, I will say, <laughs> in relation to the leather jacket and the outfit, uh-huh. when I met her, I wore exclusively extra-large black band t-shirts. That was it. You're like that, fun. I didn't own any color in my life. So she's helped inspire your aesthetic? Yes. Your fall she, aesthetic? She claims that she would like s- throw out articles of clothing sneakily of mine like once every like six months she'd just be like and then that t-shirt that he always wears is gone and replace it with a a pop of green here's some (laughs) blue and now I'm like wow it's good with your eyes yes I didn't know I was a medium until like years after we had been dating why did you wear XL because you actually thought you were an XL no I here's well it's a number of reasons number one I grew up in like the era of like (laughs) Janko jeans (laughs) and like you know what I mean like big baggy things also so my family was super, they're not like cheap, but they're like, they love a good deal. So they'd mm. go to like Marshall's or Bob's, dis, like, you know, and they would buy XL shirts for me when I was 12 and be like, you'll yeah. grow into them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they just thought, cause it was like. It's like sizes are mental. It's yeah, all mental. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just think you're an extra large. But. And f- drink some milk and you're good. Yeah. I've had Ryan Serhant and Tank Sinatra um, who are married, but you're like, you're kind of young. How old are you? 31. Okay. Well, you look. Not younger. 31. You I look know. younger. Can Be- you grow facial hair? No, no, God, no. I actually, I've tried for the last two years as a running <laughs> joke to go for one full month without grow- without shaving at all, and it looks truly homeless. Like, it gets super, it's pin it's straight. Gangly. It's pin, like, it's Oh, like, I don't love that. It's pin straight and thin and scruffy and itchy and pinchy. It's, nobody on either side of my family uh, has facial hair. If you were wearing, I mean, if you had facial hair right now with what you're wearing, I'd get like a, you can't be standing out of school so you get reported <laughs> yeah <I> definitely <laughs> child have, molesting yeah like i'm gonna like smoke weed with a 13 year old kind of a vibe to me. Yeah. <laughs> um not to get straight to it but how did you know this is what i love to ask people okay. how do you know your wife was the one i mean you guys might get divorced but like as of now sure i mean there's a great chance no <laughs> there's i have <laughs> a solid chance <laughs> i mean overwhelming Strong odds. Chance. yeah yeah <laughs> Here's the thing. It's like you, uh, it's one of those moments. I don't think that you do until like, uh, I mean, we, so we've been married for four years, but we've been dating. We met in college. So we've been dating for like 14 years. So it's one of those things where there's little clues that first off, this relationship has felt shorter than 
the relationships I had before her, which wow. were like four months. That's usually was my max was four months. It's yeah. like, I like the thrill, the chase, you get them uh-huh. and then you get bored onto the next thing. And then all of a sudden you wake up and it's been 14 years. Yeah. So you're like, you know it when like you, f- you know, like you're texting, it's so fun. And then you have your first like phone conversation and you're like, oh God, I hate how your mind works. Yes. And I've made up everything in my head about you. And this conversation needs to end. Yes. But with the right person, you look down, it's been three hours. Yes. You, or you talk all night. Yeah. And we were, we were, we started started out as friends I think which was a huge thing so it, we had so much in common and then uh, I don't know I think you just start once you get old enough like once you start you've been in a relationship long enough you go like pros and cons like if I leave this like what would I be, <laughs> what would if I'm trying to upgrade what what could be better you know what I mean she's like wildly yeah. supportive she's cool all my yeah. friends like her my family loves her yeah she can she's fucking we can drink it's human nature to stop and be like okay is the grass greener yes oh sure I and mean also- in your career, you're like a hot stand-up comedian. Not a lot of you guys, well, it's because a lot of you um, have serious mental problems, <laughs> yeah. but a lot of you are single. Right. So is it weird that you're settled down in an industry that involves like a lot of travel and like showing off? And <laughs> I think <that laughs> showing off. That's so weird. Like, yeah. Just, I don't know just what like you think comedy is. Off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're just like flexing. That's what basketball players do. They just yeah. show off on the yeah, court all yeah. the whole time. They just show off with their You're athletics. Like, it's strategic jokes, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> How it's did you know work. exactly what I was thinking? That's so much energy. I don't know how stand-up comedians like do this and then also have to worry about signing up for dating profiles, oh. meeting women, being like, hey, let's start uh, and meet up and go on dates. But also, I'm not available any night or any weekend. Yep. And if I get any opportunity, I'm going to drop our plans at, at the drop of a hat and go do that instead. When I did a stand-up, he was like, okay, I'm available Sundays. Yeah, Sundays from 1 to 6. One <laughs> to six. <laughs> yeah. That was actually that. Because yeah. he also had a radio show. So like, I would work from 9 to 5 while he was like, I don't know, napping and smoking weed. Yeah. And then from 5 to like 1 a.m., he was working. Sure. So we had an intimate relationship. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> well, and also I think it's like I'm very lucky. So it's like I find that to not have to worry about the stress of being like, oh, am I going to die alone? Yeah. Like that's a pretty good not ha- check that off yeah. the list. That feels great. I mean, you still definitely can die alone. Sure. But and will. But yeah. I, but I, but at least like on the journey, <laughs> we'll be, I'll have somebody there for a little while, you know? While so how I'm, do you guys deal with your schedule? Uh, sh- we, well, I think we're both only children. So I think we both grew up like independent. That's great. Which is huge. And she has a regular nine to five job. So she loves coming home, watching like reality TV, Hell like, yeah. smoking a little weed on the couch, chilling with her cats, and then just like Hell yeah. unwinding. You know well, what yeah, I mean? That's why I remember why I liked you because I was sitting here trying to remember and I was like, why do All I right, like him? Don't say it like that because <laughs> that sounds... <laughs> I'm trying to remember why I gave a <laughs> I shit like, you exist. Why did I ask him to come? Yeah. You you love cats. My la- One of my episodes I posted and I was immediately paranoid like, oh, all the like cat-hating people are going to get upset. But to this day... I don't understand why people hate cats so much, but like people love sharks. Sharks yeah. kill 15 people a year yeah. and have a whole fucking week dedicated to them. The only people who hate cats are people who haven't owned cats. That's what yeah. I think it is. Because, or somebody's like, you go to a friend's house and cause cats are not great. If you're like meeting somebody else's cat, depending well, upon the cats person. Cats are like a human that does, that has trust issues. Yes. Yeah. So you like earn if, it. if you just like, yeah, if you just go and try to pet them, they're like, buy me a drink first. Like, right. Yeah, down. exactly. Like, well, slow your let's, roll. Yeah. Let's <laughs> take steps and <laughs> you let's, can court me. <laughs> let's build a foundation. But um, yeah. I love that you guys have cats. Also, you were saying that you both like to drink. 
Oh yeah, we well, are. You're Irish. Is she yeah. Irish? She's Italian, but we are. That's what was like. You like to consume. Yes, we, we like. We're not one of those like. We're not going to drink. You know, during the week, during the day, or like mm-hmm. you know, like alcoholics or whatever. But like, I mean, it happens sometimes accidentally. Sure, I mean, weekends for yeah. sure. I mean, brunch. You know, but uh, <laughs> you know, not going to not drink with eggs. What are we doing about? <laughs> but yeah, uh, but when we drink, we can keep up with anybody i think we're we're pretty great at that um <laughs> so a lot of people alcohol causes a lot of fighting you guys are good at like having a functional um drinking relationship I don't, yeah I, I think that like it's a testament to her more really is that we have uh you know like i'm irish so in terms of like feelings you know i'm just gonna be like stifle suppress very yeah. forever uh she's italian so she'll be like loud talking yep. screaming noise and um <laughs> but she has this uh this mental uh, either a blessing or a curse where she won't go to bed angry it's like that italian like don't ever go to bed angry thing yeah so regard if we ever do get into a fight which i think is pretty rare but if we do uh-huh. we have to like hash it out and settle it that night no matter yes. like how long it takes which again very rare that that happens but when it i'm happy that it does because otherwise that's when things like fester you start to and resent becomes something larger than it is also bigger. i think alcoholic fights come when you're suppressing something and you two just are like pretending something's not there sure. and then the second you're drunk your inhibitions go away and you say what you're really feeling where I feel like Italians have no filter, which is what makes us funny, but then also can make us annoying as hell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because we say everything that crosses our mind. But I almost would rather have that than to not know where you stand yeah. with somebody. I also love the Irish Italian combo as like local New Yorkers is we came we came over on the boat yes. and we were we were the bottom of the barrel. Bottom rung, yeah. The firefighters, the um, Irish Italian need not apply, yeah. you know. <laughs> It was that was a thing. It was tough for us, you know. Yeah. It was really hard to be, you know, white in New York. Yeah, it was a really <laughs> tough. It was a really tough time for all of us. So I want to ask you a quick question about Irish goodbyes. Your podcast is that what it's called? Irish plural? goodbye. No, Irish no, goodbye. No plural. Just one. Yeah. Just one goodbye. Um, Even though we do it regularly. So yeah. <laughs> Even though there's been a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, is what's the difference between Irish goodbyes and Irish exiting? That's just a cultural depending upon where you grew up what you say it just means the same thing it means just the same means thing that you get so drunk you leave without saying goodbye to anybody i sometimes i do that sober is it the same thing if you're or is that just a no i mean you're channeling exit. your inner irish i guess what you're doing okay. but <laughs> it's a thing of being like this is way too much work and usually it's from the process of like i'm way too drunk but italians usually have like an italian goodbye which is they say goodbye to everybody oh, for 30 minutes everybody. yeah but <laughs> also my my, my co host and i we get into fights about it because he has a different Irish goodbye that he does. I do a thing, I Irish goodbye, you don't hear from me, mm-hmm. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I, I want it to be like a magic trick yep. where all of a sudden you look up and you go, when the hell did Mike leave? Where did he go? And then they go, ah, that uh. son of a bitch, you know? <laughs> That's my Irish goodbye. And then, from the, and then you'll hear from me the next day. Mike Cannon, my, other, my podcast co-host, he leaves the bar and then like sneakily text everybody like hey everybody i left so that he can get that one last he calls it like that one last like hey we love you thank you for coming kind of thing but he frames it as in case they're worried about me or something like that i go that's not an irish goodbye it's, you not, just, an irish it's goodbye. not an irish goodbye my i like to sometimes gr- drunk people are great at not letting you leave when you want to leave yes like no matter you could be like my i have to be up at 5 a.m in two hours and i need to yeah. sleep they'll be like you need to stay. There's yeah. never a legit reason to stay. And you learn that over time, there's no logic to it. So I do things where I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Of course. That's a great... And then, that's, that's, and then you're that's right 101 out. out of the textbook. <laughs> textbook Irish goodbye. There's also the like, I'm going to make a quick phone call. Phone call. There's the... 
I'll just I'll be right back. Cigarette, weed, order me. I've even done this. I've go order me another round, which is Ooh. great because then you send them away on a task yeah. and then they come Ooh, back. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I've done this before. I've sent somebody to get me a drink, and then I've left, and I felt a little bad about that because I'm like, oh, now I just made them pay for two drinks. So then I'll like the next day I'll Venmo them for both That's drinks cute. to be like, I bought you, I bought you around, and That's they're like, fun. yeah, you're fun. Anything to get away from them. Yeah, yeah. I was like, here's yeah, thirteen dollars. That's how much it cost for me <laughs> for to, you to let me to leave betray you. you. Yeah. I'm paying you to let me get the fuck <laughs> yeah. away from you. Well, if you're also not on the same drunk level as other people, oh, no. they are determined to keep you to stay. It just, I love Irish goodbyes. I'm like seeing this guy from the Midwest right now and the, his worst, worst, worst characteristic is he needs to say goodbye to everyone when we leave. And of course, inevitably, someone goes, one more drink. Yep. And then he's like, one more drink. And I'm looking at him like, no. And then we like get in this subconscious fight. <sighs> and then when you're in that conversation, no matter how good, we could like solve cancer. And I'll be like, this conversation wasn't worth it. I could have right. been in my bed right yes. now. Yes. Isn't that the worst? Especially when you're like at the door and you're like, all right, everybody. And then <laughs> yeah. when someone's like, oh, one last thing. And you're like, yeah. no. Oh, no. Uh, so I'm glad we clarified that. Yeah. Then Speaking of your co-host, Mike Cannon, I actually saw him last night. No way. I was, I saw him perform at Caroline's. Did he tell you about this? No, but he actually, so he texted me <laughs> last night and he goes, that show was fucking insane. And then I said, go on. And he goes, we have this thing now. It's, it's affecting our friendship because we're very good friends, but we have these life events or crazy stories and we refuse to tell each other you until the podcast the pod. because it's a storytelling podcast. So we have to, we don't want to ruin the excitement. That's like reality TV. If something happens to us during the week when we're not filming, we can't tell anyone. Like right. if I hook up with a guy or like found out someone cheated, I have to wait for camera so that it's the most authentic reaction. Exactly. And it's so fucking hard and your life is like... Yeah, you're living it in a weird way for quality content. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even find content. out my that Mike had a kid until the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you my perspective of last night, or is it going to ruin your experience on the pod? Uh, yeah, what the hell? I don't care. We're being wild. Don't tell yeah. Mike. <laughs> yeah, Just don't cares? tell him. Watch how good of an actor I am <laughs> on the next one I do it on our podcast. So I get asked by one of my producers who's producing and I think she's related to um, a family whose kids suffered from brain cancer okay. and they're doing this huge charity event at Caroline's for brain cancer okay um, for solving brain cancer I don't know the, the words to these things um, curing curing yeah sure curing <laughs> you did say curing cancer just moments ago but <laughs> <laughs> so give yourself some credit you know it I don't know words <laughs> yeah. you're like you already proved yourself and I <laughs> and you're just trying to be cute yeah like what is words? Um, the first, oh my god, this is a, I don't even know what he saw of all of it, but the summer house cast got invited, and I was okay. like, oh, watch comedy. It's an open bar. We're getting hammered. And the opener walks up, and he starts telling this story, and everyone's like really rich and white, like it's like a Stepford wife, like Real Housewives in New York yeah. type vibe. And there's like a couple little kids in the crowd too. That's also number one nightmare <laughs> of a comedy show is children there. And arguably sick children, so you can't even make fun oh, of them. <laughs> you, don't, you, did, you couldn't tell? Could you tell if they were you sick? You couldn't tell. But okay. some of them had been sick. Oh, no. Um, and they were a little hyper. Right. One of them fell asleep, and I was kind of worried about them. No, that's great. Sleeping, <laughs> falling asleep is the best. If you could trick. But not if they have brain cancer. You get a little Oh, because it might be the final sleep. It might have been. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, was in the, 
Anyway, I'm not getting into it. But now I'm sweating. So I'm taking this. <laughs> I can feel my career oh, burning yeah. in hell. So the opener starts, and I'm thinking, what kind of clean comedy can he put together right now that will appease this fucking audience? Sure. Um, and it's a full-on dinner, too. Like, they're serving, like, many oh, courses. Perfect. Yeah, that's what you want. As many distractions and obstacles as possible. So the guy starts telling the story about how his grandma used to kill, said that she used to kill Nazis with her bare hands. Okay. And first of all, it was an Aryan room. Sure. So I was a little worried about that. And then he goes on to, like, the joke, I guess, was that, like, she used to sew blankets that used to help soldiers who then used to kill Nazis. And everyone's like, okay, where's where's the punchline? And then he's like, and today we're going to kill cancer. And we're like, what? (laughs) It was so awkward. And then the next comic comes up and was kind of like, okay, we're starting off with a Nazi killing joke. Yeah. A Nazi, whatever. And the comedians are doing okay, but in between, like, doctors will come up and talk. And it was funny because me and my friend would be like, that doctor's bombing right now. Yeah. (laughs) But then I think it was right before Mark Norman came up and Mike was right after him that, like, they were trying to play a video that was supposed to be, like, the video where everyone was going to, like, like, cry (laughs) and donate money. But it, like, wasn't working. So there were, like, five minutes of, like, people just getting unsettled. And then some guy just stands up and he's like, if the video's not going to work, I just have some things to say. And he was pretty drunk. He starts sobbing and he's like, these doctors saved my kid's life and like went on for like five minutes. And the guy was like, do you want a microphone? He's like, no, I don't want a microphone. And then he was kind of done. And then they're like, let's see if the video is going to work now. And it didn't. And then they were like, and now Mark Norman. Oh, my God. And Mark was oh. like, he says something funny like, hey, hey, well, that's, hey. that's the best opener I've ever had or yeah, some yeah. shit. And he was, you could tell he was miserable. Then they forgot the light. So he kept going, I feel like I've been up here for a while. Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the, if you ever hear that in a comedy club, that's the comedian's 911 help me. It's like, hey, it feels like I've been doing a lot of time up here. Is there, is there a light? Did you light me? Oh, you didn't? You didn't light me? Okay. I'm like, just wondering. Is this a fucking hour special? Yeah. So then he, he finally is like, thank God, leaves. And then Mike went on. Then Mike has to deal with like an, a heckler in the front. Oh, no. Was it one of the kids? It was this like apparent, this Asian woman who got really drunk and started heckling him. And she hadn't heckled anyone. She like waited for Mike to get on to heckle him. Oh, my God. And then there was a little kid that started like climbing the curtains. <laughs> Climbing the curtain. <laughs> he was like, "Is that is that okay? Is that allowed?" Yeah. It was Overall, it was entertaining because it looked like just a war that oh they were God. going through. Yeah, and that's horror. And how did it? What? How did his? I think his. I think his set was pretty good. <laughs> for all the obstacles all thrown the, at like, him. Yeah, like it was. I wasn't watching it as just like, "Oh, how is this set?" I'm like, "How is he going to conquer this?" Sure. He did a lot of crowd work, and I think he ended it great i could just tell every comedian was like oh they're serving steak now oh we're all cutting our steak this is perfect yeah (laughs) nobody it's one of those things where this should have never been a show yeah and also having doctors in between talk about like dying children i mean i've never i've never had anything that i mean i've had so many horrific shows and like (laughs) but again it's like mark norman cannon these these guys are they're professional so they we know how to handle all these nightmares but like i've had things where like one of the worst shows I ever did was when I was like newer in comedy and it was one of those you're not really equipped to handle. You don't yeah. have the skill set yet. And I was in this basement in the village doing this show and uh, this the show started like a half hour late. All the audience was 
like tricked into coming off the street. You know oh, what I mean? Like barked yeah. in. Yeah. And so they're sitting there and there's the host goes on and his first joke, there's probably like, I don't know, 11 people in the audience. Uh-huh. Uh, the host's first joke is about Benjamin Franklin owning slaves. And it wasn't like a funny <laughs> joke. It wasn't an edgy joke. It was as yeah. if he was just reciting fact. I'm fine with edgy and dark and disturbing if it's funny. This was none of those, and, and including funny. It was just like, <laughs> hey, here's a fun fact. Benjamin Franklin owns slaves. Everybody likes him, but isn't that weird that he owns slaves? Like, just like a Snapple fact is what he was saying. <laughs> and this man in the audience who I can only, like, make you a visual reference to, like, Terry Crews, mm-hmm. like the guy, like the old spite, like the giant. Oh, yeah. Massive, huge, like, black dude ripped all these muscles. And he, there was like rocks glasses with candles in them on the, uh, on the, on the thing. And he took one off the table and he threw it full speed at the host's head. And it just narrowly missed the host's head and hit the this brick wall. This is within wall. the first like three minutes of its first starting? First joke. First 30 <laughs> seconds. First 30 seconds. And you got to know is if you're on this stage, there's a very, very bright spotlight. You can't even see like the front row. No. So something just whizzes past his head, explodes on the brick wall two inches behind him, and candle wax and everything goes everywhere. And he just kind of goes like, what was that? And then the guy starts screaming at him. He's like, smarten up, smarten up. And he's like, and this is like a mild-mannered accountant. He's not even doing comedy anymore, this kid. He's like this, like, he was like... Well, after that joke, he had to quit. No, of course not. He was like a very, like, sheepish guy. And so he's like, um, what? Excuse me? And then the guy had... What time of night was this? Like 11 o'clock on a Tuesday. maybe the guy was a little buzzed. For sure. And then he took, he took, started taking, he had a plate of chicken wings and he started taking chicken wings one by one and pinging them at the host and the host is just going like ah, sir please stop don't. and it's just they're pinging off of him and they, he's not trying to make any jokes from it no he's trying to <laughs> fight for his life because <laughs> so, he's blinded and, every, and he's getting because i'd be like oh free chicken yes. oh yeah i mean but everybody else was just mouth open and then they had to get a security guard to come down who was half the size of this man. So then the guy had to go back and get another security guard. It took like 10 minutes to get this guy out. They get this guy out, and as they're escorting him out, the host is standing there, not even trying to like, sorry guys yeah. about this. Like he's just standing there like nearly crying, like trembling in fear because the guy keeps like pump faking towards him like he's going to kill him. I love a pump fake. Love a good pump, pump fake. Pump fake is way scarier than actually punching someone. Oh my God. I've been way more scared in my life from being pump faked at than from... <laughs> being punched you know (laughs) they take the guy out and the guy gets led away and the comedian's like broken and defeated and he just goes i um i'm sorry about that guys and again mind you this is the first 30 seconds of the show now we're 10 minutes in he's never told one joke yet there are people in the front audience picking candle wax out of their hair nobody's happy but they're staying for some reason (laughs) and then he just goes uh i'm sorry guys i'm really sorry um Anyway, uh, your first comedian, Mike Feeney, and then just gets off stage, and then I just had to walk up to that, and people are like, yeah, make us laugh now. And you're like, are you, you're not going to even address the assault that just took place? Did you say that? Yeah, I was just, I mean, it was Because like, sometimes, like, what makes comedians so great is they're so self-aware, and I think the best comedians are able to make those moments hysterical. Oh, that was the set. <laughs> I mean, was that was, there was no new material being worked on. It was 100%. You were like, back to Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. There are a lot of <laughs> exactly. things you guys don't know. So the man had some points. And <laughs> <laughs> that is, it's funny because I like, 
I did, I have Burning in Hell and I've always, like, I've been writing comedy for a while. Sure. And finally I had to do a live show and my friend was like, you have to do 10 minutes of stand-up. So I was to challenge myself. So I did it. And then, so I've been doing some stand-up and I did my first set at the stand this weekend. Great. And my friend was like, do you have a solid 10 minutes? I'm like, I got a solid, like, it's like nine, but I'd call that a solid 10, right? Nine is like a solid 10. Sure. I was like feeling myself. And then at around nine minutes, I was, I was done. Sure. And, um. Remy Casimir, who was hosting, ha- was like outside at the bar area. Right. And I was like, she was there the whole time. Then I looked up and she was gone. And I, I don't, I just started stand up, so I know the material except a ten minute worst first date story. Okay. So I was like, fuck it, like I'm, might as well do that. And I was like, you guys want to hear a terrible first date? And they're like, yeah. And I started enough that like I'm on a little bit of momentum with it. I'm like sure. I'm a minute and a half in, and Remy comes in, and she like gives me the light. Of course, it's the worst feeling. So I literally am just like, so long story short, he snorted coke off my tits. <laughs> <laughs> Like there was no even like momentum to make it even that, no. and I just said the end of the joke. But kind, I don't know. I kind of blacked out during sure. it. But people were like smiling to an extent. But it was my first situation that things didn't go as planned because right. it's not like my show where I'm just like that's the thrill of it that's, that's the best part but of it, it actually it worked out and it was okay and afterwards I was like I love stand-up like you you just wing your shit and yeah a hundred percent like it's like it's crazy to me it's like I don't know how I give musicians so much credit and mm-hmm. it's like it's great that they can go around and like you know you can play one album or you play your hits like the Rolling Stones can just play what they have forever yeah and meanwhile it's like I to me if I tell a joke for more than six months, like after I've like finished it or what I consider to be finished, yeah, it it drives me crazy. Like I I don't have the same energy or excitement to do it, so I don't know how uh, you know they can play like any, any band or even anybody. It's can. funny. I saw Alicia Keys two nights ago. I had a, a rowdy week. I'm just going to all these events at um. It was a Rock the Vote concert. Okay. And Alicia Keys came out and she sang New York and people like lost their damn mind. And then she just did like some covers and like random new shit. And I'm like, what the fuck, Alicia? And then I realized like she probably wants to punch herself in the throat if she has to sing like Fallen. Fallen one more time. Which, by the way, sorry you gave us that gift. Sorry. Now keep the, sharing the it. The world will never be the same after that. <laughs> yeah. And you need to keep sharing it. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, it's like those uh, one-hit wonders that like all they do is play that one song. Like, what's that song, Beautiful by James whatever, which I guess turned... It's just... <laughs> These people, the one-hit wonders, it's brutal. That's what sucks if you're a one-hit wonder, if you don't even have an upbeat one-hit wonder. If you're like, your one song is terribly sad and depressing and you're on the verge of crying every time, you just have to be like, all right, here we go. I mean, gotta go in a bad mood. I just have to bring myself to spiral. Also, your stand-up story reminded me, for some reason, of um, many times at a Starbucks for me. I know this seems random, but I, I'm going to bring it back full circle. I trust you. Do you know when you're, I was like sitting with a friend and we were having a deep talk about life. Yeah. And I was like, what are you passionate about? Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to start a blog? Do you want to write a book? Do you want to get First off, no, that's never been anybody's dream. It's like, <laughs> what do you want to do with your life? Like, I'm thinking blog. I think I'll just ride that out for the next like 30 to 40. And then, you know, I guess that's it. I guess I'm thinking a blog about like expensive clothes that you can get for cheap. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like being like a, a fashion something. I'm still working on like the nickname of it, but if I get it, it's gonna be. <laughs> and it can be a coffee table book. Yeah, yeah. These are these are real things that are blowing up in the world right now. Um, but 
we're like getting passionate and I think I guess there's always like one person with some kind of psychosis at the Starbucks um for th- sure this guy definitely had what's it when you like he had schizophrenia I think but he was like listening into our conversation and like as a New Yorker I'm hyper aware of people around me to like sometimes it's fun because you could listen to other people's conversations sometimes it's not because I'm like this guy is planning his murder sure so he starts like kind of mumbling things that have to do with our conversation like he's like dreams are stupid dreams are stupid <laughs> Just, I had a blog I had a blog yeah. <laughs> He's like, boots are never on sale when you go to Nordstrom. <laughs> yeah. The boots, they're on, on sale. They mark it up, but it's really never on. They say it's 50% off, but that's the original price. Child labor. That's <laughs> what gets in China and the factories. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. He, he's like zoned in on me. Like sure. They get a focus on you. Right. So I'm just like, if you ignore them, the one number one rule when like tourists come here, it's like, don't make eye contact with the homeless sure. people. So I'm just like going on this conversation. My friend's not aware of it, but I'm aware this guy's about to snap. Finally, I said something and he lost his damn mind. And he started just yelling at me like all I don't even know what he was saying, but like it ruins the whole mood of everyone in their workflow of at course. Starbucks. So everyone stopped and he's just yelling, 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 yelling. And then some guy got up and was like, man, you got to go. And then like the Starbucks employee with this like scrawny little dude was like, excuse me, um, can you can you go? And the guy's like, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, this isn't, I don't love this. It's literally like this little guy like holding a cappuccino. He's like, sir, um, can you, he's trying to like logically tell him why he needs to leave. Right. So the guy like gets sent down and then he's yeah. just kind of like banging his head against the window what? where I'm sitting. Banging his head? And then eventually like. He's just the Joker. Just, <laughs> he just starts throwing pigeons at you and you're like, what? Where did you get pigeons? Good movie. Good movie. Yeah. And then finally he kind of goes away and there's that moment where you're like can we continue working here or has it been tarnished forever yeah um and then you just have to and then i was like so i think you should start a fashion (laughs) (laughs) and the blog is wildly successful (laughs) that's the kind of reaction you need from people like you don't want people to be like eh. you want them to be all for it or all against it yes you need and here's the thing though that's what is so deeply uh wrong with new yorkers is that we have to experience (laughs) we experience such an incredible trauma and then we and then we just go like so uh what were we talking about it's like there's a man with a bloody head Trying to break his way through the glass Telling like a... Sh- about Nordstrom yeah. shoe sale. <laughs> yeah. Like a shark trying to get out of a tank. And we are just like, so... But I also think there's something so crazy about it. Because I'm like, honestly, like one bad breakup and like I could be there. Sure. Like it's such a thin line between like losing <laughs> your damn mind and me giving my friend advice about a blog. Yeah, we are all just <laughs> on a tightrope of death. That's so what that's <laughs> why we're not like, who is this crazy person? I'm like, honestly, it could be me tomorrow. Yeah. So oh, <laughs> I'm, the fact that it's not every, here's the, they, they, the only way they say that, you know, if you're not crazy is if you ask yourself, am I crazy? I that's love what they that. Say that's what they say about narcissists too. Oh. Like they say, if you question if you're a narcissist, you're not a narcissist. I had, I took one of those tests. Remember that was going around like mm-hmm. last year or it was like, was it STD? No, <laughs> they, uh, it was, we all caught it. No, it was one of those, like you fill it out and see if you, if you're where you stand on the narcissism scale. Oh. And I made all my like non-comedian friends, like my back home friends be like, what are you guys? And it was like out of, I think, 30 or something like that and one of my friends is like I'm an 8 out of 30 he's like oh god that's so high and one of my friends is like I'm a 19 and I'm like awesome and then I did mine and I was like a 26 and I was like well I mean I have to do this for a living so like it needed to be about me but like that's not really 
<laughs> I do. I'm put. I do think majority of comedians are narcissists. I mean, and by majority, I mean like maybe like 65, 70 percent. No, 100, 100 <laughs> percent. We are on stage alone with a microphone talking about your life. Just me. Yeah. I just. I have. I don't. Your have feelings, your concerns, and you're not trying to solve any of them. Yeah. You're just talking. That was the first thing before stand up that I was like. Who wants to hear me talk at them for an hour? Like I don't right. want to even hear my own thoughts for two seconds. Yeah, but that's the problem. It's like I don't I, I don't play an instrument. I don't have any <laughs> tangible <laughs> qualities that would make you interested to watch. It just being like, hey, I'm I have a PA system, and now you're gonna hear about my stuff. But the fascinating thing about stand up, I did this Rock the Vote concert, and I had good seats, and I'm watching these musicians go out like these rappers, and they rap their like five minute song that like a lot of them didn't write and mm-hmm. like they have like their alpha put together that they probably didn't put together and they perform it and then they walk out and I'm like wow doing like 10 minutes of stand up I feel like I hate to say it's harder but it has it's a whole different art form yeah because again the music people know the words they're, they're there for that if you're you know if you're listening to music and if, especially if it's a rap song you can get the crowd up yep. you have hype men who can pump it up like yeah. I did uh, at, at, um, at this comedy festival this past year they did uh, the show the goddamn comedy jam which uh-huh. is kind of like a carry like comedians doing like singing a song while there's a live band playing behind them and then at the end of the festival this festival skank fest they brought all the performers oh, on stage yeah, I saw and so like everybody's singing and like we were doing like red hot chili peppers and that (laughs) feeling of like people it was so packed and audience members are like climbing over each other's heads to try to get to you like a zombie movie and they're like yelling the lyrics at you and it just gives you so much energy i was like "Ah!" and there's a video of me like i might be drunk i might be stoned i might be on acid and i'm 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 scream pointing the lyrics at people where i'm like i don't ever want to feel like it's just it's it's crazy yeah, music is like pump people up and have a, a, like the same emotion. And the same thing with stand-up is you're trying to like make people laugh, but a lot of people, A, don't want to laugh. Yeah, and also we have so many requirements where I'm like, like if you're playing music and people yeah. are loud, you just turn the volume up. If yeah. we're doing stand-up, I'm like, okay, if everyone could just sit quietly, <laughs> focus only on me, and then don't make any pre-assumptions about me until after everything's over. And then even if you do, you fucking misunderstood me. Don't tell me. me about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only tweet at me the good, and then... Follow me and support my career. I always say, because um, I was dating a stand-up for a long time, I would just watch, I started just watch the crowds. Right. Because I like knew his material. And I mean, it was still very funny, but I'd watch the crowds. And I realized there's three types of audience members. There's the one who watches, like she's watching TV. Yes. Or he or she, so they like have no reaction, but doesn't mean they're not enjoying it. They're just like taking it in without reacting. Then there's the one who thinks they're in a full-on conversation with you. Yeah. Like you're like, Oh, don't you hate when like the waiter takes forever with your food and they're like, it's the worst. And yep. like they are on, they're in it with you. They think they're like the comment section on an Instagram <laughs> exactly. post. Yeah. Like as if you really want that comment. Right. And you're like, no, no, we don't this want it. This is all just, yeah. And then there's hypothetical. The, the audience member, the good audience member that's, you know, like laughing at the right time. And then there's the one who's like just in a constant, like they think you're like mo- a movie um preview you know right. after every movie preview you go and you whisper yeah to you the person comment. next to you about oh, that's how good. that's good yeah, <laughs> so then there's the two they're always like right on the side too who are like yeah i don't understand that one i didn't get that one yeah oh, yeah oh i don't like that one my not cousin, for me my, no, co- no, my cousin's prob- retarded i don't like that <laughs> yeah, one yeah <laughs> probably won't see it um but that's but then you have other people who there's more there's also the ones that are like every joke they feel like is about or targeting them you know what i mean where it's like i'll tell a story about what happened in my life and they're like mm, little close to what happened to me in time 
Taiwan, what are you getting at? And you're like, I couldn't know you if you fell on me. So I don't know. <laughs> or yeah, they'll be like, like you'll say like about your boyfriend, you're like, he had blue eyes. And they're like, what? This wasn't like a celebration of your, we're not connecting right Right. now. (laughs) This is not what we're supposed to be connecting about. And then there's also the audience member that'll like, there'll be a line of comedians and they'll go to one and just be like, you were so funny. And then leave. Oh yeah. (laughs) I've had it both ways. I've had it where people have been like, hey, like they, like they kind of, they go to the person standing next to me and they're like, they're like, oh my, you were the, you were the best. You were my favorite. So good. And then they see me next to them and they're like, eh. And then they just keep walking out. He loves saying my favorite. I guess people after comedy shows love to be like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. he's he's the best. Yeah, they have She's to the rank best. them, which is also funny because if you ask anybody who's not a comedian when they go to a show and they're like, let's say they're even going to be like, seeing, go see Jerry Seinfeld yeah. or Sebastian Mascow, whoever it is, they go see the comedian and then you talk to them and they're like, oh man, I saw, I saw Sebastian. And they go, great. And they go, the guy who opened for him was so funny. And I go, what was his name? He goes, oh, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? That's like they don't, nobody know. Like if they go to a comedy show and there's eight comics on the lineup and they they don't know anybody before that, even they'd be like, "Oh my God, this one guy had such a funny joke about pop tarts." You're like, "What was what was his or her name?" And they go, "Oh, I don't." The fourth guy, you know, and you're like, "That's not gonna be good for my career if you can't remember well, it's anything." Technology is changing things. We were talking about how now I'm starting to do video on this podcast, and you're like, "Yeah, it does so well," and it's like having a video that's tagged and a visual and people's names and information it's like stand-up is almost like this old school thing that now is being merged with technology and hopefully like a lot of people are posting their sets and they're going viral but then again is it like netflix where like if i post a joke on my instagram and it goes viral is that joke dead yeah, well, I mean, that's the hard part with stand-ups because if you post a viral, not to keep bringing this back to music, but if yeah. you keep a, post a viral song... We're just musical people. Yeah, it's just like, I would love to be... I mean, I would drop it all tomorrow if I could be a rock star. If I had really? the musical... I mean, I always I was in bands growing... In Long Island, it's like... Everybody's everybody's funny, like that I grew up with. Yeah, so you Long all, people are we're all just ball busters. We're like terrible people, and so you like. But you, if you, you have a band in your garage, of course I had a band in my garage. Ball. We've all we've. My mom had a band in her garage. Of course, she called her band Fast Food, and I was like, "That's kind of cool, mom." That is pretty good. That's a way better band than my name was because this is how unoriginal my band was. We were so <laughs> we were so inspired. Worse, we were so inspired by Front like Street Nirvana. Boys. Yeah, well, it's just as we were so inspired by You're Nirvana. Like, can I get it out? Yeah, just I'll tell you, I'll feed you, I'll feed you, baby bird. You know, just let me chew it up and I'll spit it out. So we were so inspired by Nirvana. I looked up synonyms for the word Nirvana, uh-huh. which is like a spiritual enlightenment thing, and so we called it Zen. Because that is another word for Nirvana. We're like nailed it, Zen. Now we're gonna be famous. <laughs> Just like we had no good music, but we were like, we got the name. And, and I'm that's guessing half your music was not Zen. No, it was very <laughs> just like it was just. Was a it hunch. heavy metal? No, we were more like we were in that time too of like a lot of like Taking Back Sunday and like that yeah. like emo. Not even I don't know what that is like emo alternative rock. Were you a singer? Like, no, I was a drummer. I wish I could sing. I had no, I have no vocal ability. I was a drummer because uh, I liked. Do you like the things. sound of my voice? Is terrible. Too bad I'm doing stand-up. <laughs> yeah, too bad I'm <laughs> listening to it currently in an echo chamber forever. It's truly brutal. Yeah, it's not great. Wait, so I want to. What's the name of your um your debut album coming out? My debut album, which is uh, coming out on November fifth, is called Rage Against the Routine, uh, which is obviously it's a play on words from Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. which was uh, another one of my favorite bands growing up. And because the album cover, so you put a cinnamon, cinnamon, I put a cinnamon <laughs> on it because it's my favorite spice. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sometimes I am so fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> you, so you Googled the name and then you got a synonym. No, this one was a little more, okay. <laughs> this was a little more, had a little more thought you to it. You were like, there was thought to this. Yeah, this works on a lot of layers, actually. And why did you name it that? Because uh, Rage Against the, first off, Rage Against the Machine, one of my favorite bands growing up. Uh, the album. A lot of s- syllables for a band name. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I guess. Just syllable. Yeah. Or words. Yeah. It's like a full sentence almost. For sure. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay, I'll let you talk. Now. Yeah, but I mean, now I'm like, <laughs> it is too many words. Should I now change the name of my album? No, I think your album's fine, but for the name of a band to right. be like a half a sentence, it seems a lot to <sighs> me. There were those bands that were in like the 2004 to 2006 time period where they had like super like panic at the disco every single song was like a three sentences where they're yeah. like i was going to the car wash but now i'm going to read a book and you're like why is that and then they never mention a car wash or a book in the song and you're like you're just being a piece of shit and they also would add like exclamation marks and like a lot of punctu- yeah. if you have to add punctuation to yeah. name your song it's too long they put the upside down exclamation point <laughs> from spanish in the middle of a word and you're like who who is this for who do you think you are let me go from Spanish. They stole it from Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they take it from the Spanish. So, so Rage Against the, uh, also the <laughs> album cover of that. If you look at my the album cover that I have, I always get told that I look like the original Rage Against the Machine album cover, which is like a boy in like a superhero outfit. So, I, so then I was like, boom, there's a perfect album cover. And then Rage Against the Routine, which is like I get very mad uh, about very small, very small things. I don't have like anger issues about. You had a very Long Island accent in that. Did I? You go. I get very mad about small things. <laughs> <laughs> like when you get angry, does it your Long out. Island it come comes out? Down a little bit. I get really turned off yeah. when people talk to me a certain if way. You fuck up my coffee, you're gonna hear about it. All right. So <laughs> my bagel and locks yes. needs to have the perfect ratio. Exactly. A beige. Uh, so I, you know, so th- so there's like it worked on that level where I'm like I get rage and it's about routine, stand up routine all that kind of stuff so it's like it works on a bunch of really uh levels that i'm pigeonholing in so what gives you rage about your routine uh you well, just break into your one hour right now well so yeah so <laughs> <coughs> well it's also fun because i do i would say that like so there's two different levels to it. this is like so like corny yeah. and digging way too deep into meanings but like, no, okay. I like if you, you want to think of like raging against a traditional stand-up routine mm-hmm. I, like i break up this, uh, my stand-up set with a lot of stories, so mm-hmm. I tell a lot of stories, so there's that. But also, the things I get mad about, I consider like the routine things in life, so that's like the rage against, like, against that. Mm-hmm. So like uh, driving in the city, like driving anywhere, I get every time I'm behind the wheel, I get pretty horrific road rage, but that's only because everybody else on the road is a terrible driver. <laughs> and so <laughs> I know what I'm doing, and nobody else does, but uh, yeah, I have a lot of stories about that, and just uh, or just people that are like, I had this guy, I was driving. Sometimes it's it's fun though. It's because I get a lot of rage, but I love seeing other people get raged. Is that, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Like you, like I, I was uh, in traffic with a guy who was, who was just, uh, he was so mad because people kept cutting him off and then he wasn't beeping his horn, which that's my go-to. I am a horn beeper to the extreme. And so I'm looking at this guy going, why is he not, but he's got his windows rolled up and he's going like, bah. Like he's just mouthing, screaming curse words, but his windows aren't down, so I can't hear what he's saying. And then he uh, eventually does beep, and then I'm like, that's why he wasn't beeping. He had a novelty horn, <laughs> which was like, so like... Was it like the Sopranos or like the Godfather? Way worse. It was this, na 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 It was like a, a mariachi song. <laughs> and so everybody that was cutting it's him like off... It's like the Mr. Slushy, what is it? The Mr. Mr. Softy? Mr. Softy. Yeah, <laughs> that's... Truck. Mm, yes. 
Yeah, it was that thing. So he was holding that down. But that's so funny when you're like, someone's so mad and you're like, I know this isn't going to get the reaction I want. Because everybody's so, we were all driving and we heard it. We were like, hey, you know? It's like, then I cut him off, but that was just to keep the party going, you know? So it's like, you might be mad, but if you're celebrating your fucking quinceanera, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it sounds what it sounds like. So how long have you been doing comedy? I started in college so this is my 12th year wow and i remember i saw you open for um who does he open dave for? smith thank you for his album recording i just remembered you i just remember the opener wow <laughs> no he's great he was great you were great but i remember you were great oh and thank you, i and then when i saw you later i was like i know that guy oh he made me laugh so right. I, and then i learned you like cats so i was that solidified <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. Um, so then i learned your name after the so cats <laughs> I didn't care for the name, but I, yeah. I liked what you provided to me for laughter. Sure. But did, why, why now? Why this comedy album now? Uh, well, it's a culmination. of it. First off, it's like, a part of me has that thing of being like, you never, I, you know, I look at like someone like David Tell and mm-hmm. Jerry Seinfeld. They mm-hmm. both have one stand-up album and they're both considered like some of the greats of all time. But mm-hmm. that's not, that's kind of like old school. That's not how comedy is now. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's, it's putting stand-up online. It's getting stuff out there. So half of it's for like, I want to retire these jokes that I'm very sick of telling that, you know, do well. Mm-hmm. You want to start a body of work. And this is kind of like my, I'm treating it like how, like when you get tattoos, you know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. like, I have, I have six tattoos, but they're like, some of them was like, I would never get now, mm-hmm. but I don't regret getting them because I look at it and it's like a yearbook. When you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I remember the point in my life where I was like, I should have this on my body forever. <laughs> when it was a good idea. Yeah, when this yin-yang tribal star <laughs> no. was a good was a good idea at 17. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, my brother wanted like a Japanese word on the back of his neck. He's now a financial analyst at Bloomberg, but at 17, he like liked MMA for three months uh-huh. and was like, I need to do it. And my, It's funny because I remember my mom and my dad and I, because it's four of us, looked at each other like, we can't let him do this. Right. And my mom did one of the smartest things. She was like, I'm not going to tell him no. Right. I'm just going to, because I think part of it's the rebellion. She's like, I'm going to say just to think about it for a bit. And then like he thought about it. Like she was like, do it if you want, but just think about it for a bit. And then he just forgot he wanted it. Thank God. That backfired with my mom because she tried to do that, but she did it in a different way. She tried to like bribe me. <laughs> she was like, she was like, here's the thing. Wait three years. Uh-huh. And if you still want to get this tattoo in three years, I'll pay for it. And so oh. what that said to me at my time was like, she thinks I should get it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but she doesn't think I got the money. I got 80 bucks. And then I do <laughs> I'm going to go to the first place in the West Village that will not ID me and then get a tattoo oh on ble- off Bleecker Street. Where was it and what was the tattoo? It was right off, like, right on, like, West 4th. And it was, so I tried to use this as an excuse for, like, my my mom, like, we were in the, my mom and I were in this defensive driving course and she drew, like, a yin-yang and then put, like, four lines to make it look like a yin-yang slash, like, a sun. And then at the time, like, tribal things were big. So instead of, like, a sun, it has a little more, like, tribally thing. It's a nightmare. So you used your mom's, like, doodle? As an excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what I got. So, so, but when I went to the tattoo guy, again, I was 17. I was underage. The guy didn't care. He was just like, next, next. And then he was. Did you get a crucifix? No, no. I got the I got the yin yang <laughs> thing, but uh, I also do have a crucifix because uh, I am Irish, uh, but, which is crazy because I don't go to church. Uh, but haven't since I was 13. But I hate Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Big, him and I, we've had the falling out. <laughs> so we've. We don't talk anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't talk anymore. Yeah, his brother's still cool, but him, I don't care. <laughs> so 
I, the guy that was giving me the tattoo, he was like this Colombian dude who was, I'm not, I wish I was making this up. 30 seconds before uh, get it, giving me the tattoo was in a screaming argument on the phone <laughs> with either his girlfriend or his mom, screaming in Spanish, being like, Marco, like freaking out, all this other stuff, and then like slammed his flip phone and then was like, okay, so what are we doing? And then like, put, he also put the stencil on the wrong way. Like I just happened to like glance down before he was putting the needle to my skin and like he had the yin yang like sideways instead uh-huh. of like the black and white being like up and down. Uh-huh. Like it was like the wrong, and I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. Like it just, it was like, <laughs> it was horrible. It was such a terrifying. Was it painful? It was more like. Where I, on your body was it? It's on my ankle. It's uh-huh. pretty, it's pretty brutal. You want to mm-hmm. see it? Yeah, I do. Oh wow! It's not. Yeah, you see, that's not good. I know. I do. It. I have other tattoos that are not as embarrassing. But again, I'm trying to share my truth, I and I would like appreciate a little you're being less judgment. A little defensive, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> that. Oh wow! You show it to me, and you're just like, oh, you hate it. You hate it. Well, I wasn't. You wouldn't hate. Okay. Well, listen, I hate it more, so you can't possibly hate it. I reject you before you reject me and my tattoo. If you wow is like the perfect. I always say like if I say wow twice within like two minutes of you talking to me. I want the conversation to be yeah. over. <laughs> well, it's also fun because you knew what the tattoo was and you still went, oh, wow. <laughs> like you were going to, like you were either surprised what you saw. Do you think I have a tattoo? Uh, yes. I think you have a small ta- one small tattoo. I don't. I have no tattoos. No tattoos? I'm just like a purebred, you know? Is, what's the reason? I never thought about it. Really? <laughs> like it it's never also, crossed my mind. It's very addicting. Within a year of getting one, you know I what it, it is? Yes, I think that in a past life I had a very addictive personality because okay. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never touched it to my mouth. Really? And like I'm not, I'm not like Mrs. Perfect at all. Sure. I just I've never done cocaine. Once I rubbed it on my tooth, but that doesn't really count. No. Um, I've never done cocaine either. I feel like we both don't need it. No. That's the kind of thing I always say. And I've never got a tattoo because it's like, okay, best case, for example, cocaine. Worst case scenario, it ruins my night. Right. Best case scenario, I love it and I'm addicted Forever. to cocaine. Tattoos is the same thing. Like the best thing is like, oh, I love it. And next thing you know, I'm like, I need every fucking tattoo all over my body. Like I could see myself getting a sleeve. I like would, I could go there. If I, I'm so happy by my physical limitations <laughs> because if I was a giant in shape man with massive biceps, I would one billion percent have multiple i would have both sleeves i would have both my arms covered. i'm seeing this guy who has one of those like he has like tattoos on his fingers yeah. and he is like it's like so cool and i'm like but i can't you don't just become that after one tattoo no i feel like i just look kind of dirty like oh you got something on your finger yeah you yeah know? i was joking that i wanted to get a because f- everyone has face tattoos now i want to get yeah. like a little piece of food tattooed <laughs> on the corner of my mouth and then just see who my real friends are you know what i mean see if someone would be like you got a little then you'd be like, did I get it? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, you're out of my friend. <laughs> you're out of the circle. That's it. That's one way how to cut the friends list down and also embarrass yourself all the time. Yeah. Just go, uh, 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 <laughs> And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Do you know when you definitely have something on your face and someone does it to themselves? Yeah. <laughs> That's the most like. Or like you don't, but they're doing it. So yeah. you you're assume that you have it. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like. Is there something on my face yeah. right now? Yeah. They rub their eyebrow and you're like, okay. You just start plucking them out of your head. I kind of, there's something about neck tattoos I think are hot to me. Ah, uh, see, I never. I think it's hot. I'm, I'm never, in, I actually like a clean cut man, mm-hmm. but there's something I was like, if I got like my, Kenny Martin, who is this um, basketball player sure. for the, the Nets. Do you Absolutely. remember Kenny Martin? Yeah. He's one of my favorite players. He got his ex, girl, his ex-wife or girlfriend 
her lips tattooed on his neck. Whoops. But then, yeah, he had to turn into like a crown or some shit. But anyway, I thought that shit was kind of hot. Yeah, the lips side, that's, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> you immediately, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Wow. Wow, wow. <laughs> but no, I mean, I have, I, have, I have like a full leg panel. Like my, I have like a sleeve on my really? leg, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Does your wife have any? She has more than I do, but she has like little ones. So she has them all. We both have them in fully, like you would not think that either of us have any tattoos yeah. unless like we're wearing like bathing suits you or something like that. You guys are freaking wild. Yeah, we're like, you know, like we just like kind of put on this like business attire front and then. But You're just hammered getting tattoos we're wild. at night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just drunk, but I got a little butterfly. Yeah, so. The butterfly tattoo. Does she have a lower back tattoo? I feel like she every has, girl in Long Island had a lower back tattoo. Well, she's had, from Connecticut, oh, but she also she place. does have a butterfly that she got at sixteen. Mm-hmm. But it's like a it's like a did hip. She, hip did she tip. have her um, belly button pierced? Did and does. Yeah, still does. Yep. Okay. She's okay. afraid to. I think she's afraid that once <laughs> she takes that out. No, I think it's just like that. It's like the sign of aging, where you're like, but also like belly button tattoos. Like I mean, belly button piercings <laughs> are not like popular. I feel like it means you're past sixteen years old if you take it out. Yeah, so she wants to maintain that forever. <laughs> I had an eyebrow piercing, which oh. was, yeah, which was like my big statement. You know what I mean? And then, uh, were you like a rebellious kid? I don't know. I mean, like in, in like, I feel like Long Island kids are just bored, though. Yeah, it's like we were just like I wasn't like into drugs and everything. Like, and I you didn't, also were the star of a band, so. Yes, I mean the, by star, I mean the drummer in the back. But uh, it was my garage, so. True. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True. You did have control over the snacks. Without me, we were nothing, and so. But no, I just, yeah, we were... Why'd the band break up? Uh, you know, creative differences. <laughs> you know, we had... I felt the direction we were going was a little monotonous. I wanted to experiment with some new sounds. They weren't... The bass player they were was all just about always had a toot about him. It's just so much Became about... Became a diva after... Yeah, some yeah. people just... It's, it's all about the money for them, you know? And not, I'm more about the music. But, uh, but I was so into music growing up that we would always just go to bands and shows and we also just were destructive we were destructive teenagers we'd fucking just create but did you do ding dong ditch i feel like that's what ding dong ditch was do. like at like 11 we did we did <laughs> we did things like that. yeah i started that shit at 11 <laughs> <laughs> it's a gateway drug to like real pranking <laughs> here's what here's what we did in long island because we were you know we were, i was in the suburbs so all the houses you know it was like just all, all connected so we would go fence hopping uh-huh. so we would we would start in a backyard we would sneak into somebody's backyard and then we would hop and see how many houses in a row we we can go in from someone's backyard, run through their yard, and go to the next one, which is like so wildly dangerous because there were times where people like were outside, people had dogs, people like had Lawnmowers. spotlights. Yeah, people had. There was one time a spotlight went off, and we all hid in the bushes, and a guy came out and for sure knew that like somebody was back there and just lit up a cigarette and just watched us, like just stared at us without like moving towards us and was just waiting for us to move and then smoked his whole cigarette while looking and staring at us and just went all right then and then put his cigarette out and walked back inside and i was like i was i was just shitting water for four days after that (laughs) i was never been more scared in my life i thought i was gonna get shot (laughs) so you i've had so many questions about your life that are that i want to know ultimately this podcast we always get to the point where it's like are you an anxious person (sighs) anxious in what what, like i i don't think like on a day-to-day thing but Mm -hmm. i'll get I'll get like, I wouldn't say I have anxiety. Like that's like a big comedian yeah, thing now. It's yeah. like, oh, I have so much anxiety. Yeah. I'm, I'm so worried about everything. It's like, yeah. I don't think that I, I stress more about like uh, something I do a lot is, and I think weed might be a, you know, a factor from this is I'll like <laughs> overanalyze things. Uh-huh. Like 
later on in life. Yeah. Like, uh, or, you know, the next day I'll sit down and be like, at midnight, I'll be like, remember that text message I sent to somebody three days ago? And then they saw it but didn't write back? What the fuck's that about? Should I not have said that? Should I send something right now and being like, hey, by the way, I didn't mean to say like, you too, boo-boo. Like, that's a crazy, I would have never... I need you to know that's not me. And I was just like in the moment. But I think that comedians have to overanalyze because in that overanalyzing, 80% of it is bullshit, but like 5% of it is gold. Yeah. And then the other whatever percent of it, 15% is just dog shit. I would say like, and some people say this, I guess is anxiety too or something like, you know, every comedian I think goes through like that, like imposter syndrome sort Mm -hmm. of thing where you're like, what am I, you know, you see like, uh, you know, if it's like a a comedian selling out an arena or it's like Mm -hmm. Amy Schumer or something doing arena or or, uh, Bill Burr or something and Mm -hmm. you go like, why do I ever think that I could just like that 18,000 people are going to stand and listen to anything? I, you know, mm-hmm. it goes back to that whole thing of being mm-hmm. like the narcissist, like he's questioning the narcissist. Yeah, like one day you're, you're like, I am going to be the next Bill Burr. And then the next day you're like, my little cousin who's six is funnier than me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. Any like really successful comedian, they're never like, I'm the funniest guy nope. I know. You know, it's like, that's never, it's always like a guy who's got like a blue collar job that, you know. Nikki, well, so that's funny how you t- talk about Long Island guys because they're just they're not overthinking anything. They're just being themselves. Yeah, it's uh, ball busting to a to exactly. a horrific horrific amount. Horrific trauma. Uh, the amount of <laughs> body dysmorphia that everybody has from just the constant picking. Up. I could, I could just sit and like you know people like to go like I'll sit outside of a cafe in France and just l- and people watch and kind of just like let the ether soak up. I'd like to sit outside that cafe and just be like. <laughs> Weird thighs. Keep going. Uh, your hair sucks. Just like, just you could just pick up, you know, be a real piece of shit person. But never like, I would never I say to their say face. New Yorkers show affection through shitting on each other. Yes. Like if I'm nice to you, you make me uncomfortable. Yes. But if I see you and I'm like this motherfucker, yeah, that means that I like you. But a lot of people that aren't from New York or even I give like I give like Boston or like you know that surround Jersey. Philly. Yeah, Philly, Jersey. If you it's that that's what it is. It's like we bust on each other's balls but also like I will like defend you. I'm like fiercely. Yeah. Remember when people used to say people that used to, now it's everyone's like I'm fiercely loyal. Remember when you used to be like I'm a bitch. Like that used to just be what yeah. people said and now yeah. they're like I'm fiercely loyal yeah. <laughs> and you're like Okay, are we updating the term? Do yeah. you deal with depression ever? I don't think that like I don't know, unless I'm I've never had, the only time I've ever really felt like a depression was a day that I, a weekend when I did uh, Molly on back-to-back days at Electric Zoo. <laughs> I've like never done Molly and then I was like, I should do it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? And then, Does your wife do it with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, you guys are, Told you, you we guys get, are wild. We get down. Do you have a Why child? Are, no, no. you shouldn't. No, no, no. <laughs> and that's like, you know, I don't... So it was like the adrenaline dump after that? Yeah, like I had... I Because everyone says like you get those like... They call them like Suicide Tuesdays where after you do Molly, they, you get, you know, you deplete all the dopamine and all the happiness in you. And I remember like two days after that, just like walking around being like, I don't know why I do comedy. I don't know why I do anything. <laughs> like this is, this is pointless. This is all so stupid. Isn't it crazy? I was just the science of your brain that makes you be like that yeah and i remember being like scared for a moment being like oh my god like i don't ever really feel like this mm-hmm. and i uh this is terrifying and mm-hmm. i was like what if i'm like this forever now yeah. because of that which yeah. is why i like i never really fuck with that like i don't really fuck with like pills or like synthetic things like that like i'm like a weed alcohol mushrooms kind yeah, of a guy my, you know what i mean i like never do drugs because i'm scared i'm gonna get addicted to all of them because i probably would or i did in a past life when my friend said she went on an acid trip that like repeats on her sometimes 
Oh yeah, like, randomly, they say you could, it'll yeah, you, like, like crack a bone or something. Yeah, or like she'll take like a hit of weed that's like laced with something, and she'll be like back in that scary place. Oh yeah, but Jesus. then I have some people who are like, I did a trip, and my whole perspective of the world changed, and I I, I saw God, and I know my purpose. But they're probably high when they were saying that. Yeah, I mean, mushrooms give me for sure. Mushrooms have been the best drug of it. it I feel like it like takes like the blinders off you. You know mm. what I mean? Like I've, I consider it like I don't consider it recreational at all. It's like the times I'll do it. It'd be like once a year, maybe, or something. But mm-hmm. I consider it like a real perspective shifting thing. I've heard that from people before. Someone said I should do it, but I'm scared. It really gives you a lot of empathy, too. It helps you like be like, oh, what am I? Yeah, it really... I'd, rec- I'd recommend everybody <laughs> do mushrooms. <laughs> and this podcast is sponsored by <laughs> mushrooms. Drugs, yeah. um, so to wrap this up, because I could talk to you forever. Well, this is great. That was um, all the questions you had. You had one question. <laughs> Are you depressed? <laughs> All right, and we're done. <laughs> and you're like, oh, not really. Well, I got high ones. <laughs> I just want to add a note. Yeah. yeah, I know. What a piece of shit answer that was. Sorry, I just was having too much fun, and then I got a little sad. <laughs> I like had a way too much fun of a weekend. I was like, I miss having fun. Yeah. I need to go to work. I will, I will say this, though, on this note. is like I feel like there is that stigma that I don't buy into of this, like, every comedian needs to be this dark, tortured, yeah. miserable soul yeah. and depressed. And you're like... Yeah, but not also not. You know what I mean? Like there are the comedians that like stray towards the darkness or like and they're they're brilliant and prolific, yes. but like also it's like it's fun to like I like I don't know, I consider myself like a happy, upbeat person split with tremendous amount of anger. You know what I mean? Yeah, so anger's your trigger. That's my depression. It's funny because you're like adorable. Like <laughs> yeah. you look like <laughs> like that. Y- you could play um like a gingerbread man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> the one from Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're just you seem so like lighthearted and positive. Right. Where do you think the anger comes from? I don't, I'm like here's the thing. Like my parents are divorced, so like I grew up around a lot okay. of conflict in yeah. that kind of environment. A lot of fighting. Never like anything physical, but all just a lot of verbal fighting. But it's like I said, it's never like I'm gonna fight this guy. Like I don't get into physical <laughs> fights. But yeah. when, well, clearly. I mean, or, you know, <laughs> hurtful didn't need to be said, uh, implied and obvious. <laughs> so oh wow to that. <laughs> you just freak out and <laughs> yeah, punch me yeah. in the face. <laughs> yes. <I> just, <laughs> You know what triggers me? <laughs> you bitch. Here's what here's what it is like. This is this is like how my new. This is again why the album's called Rage Against the Routine, where it's like I'll go to throw something in the garbage and I'll miss it, and I'll be like, ah, that's. And then I'll take it and then I'll throw it and it'll go in the garbage, but it'll hit something and ricochet back out, and I'll be like, okay, well, <laughs> and then if I'll like spike it in, that's that's where I that's what I do. That's, so you're a four year old. <laughs> yeah, I'm a baby. With a baby's face, temperament, and muscle tone. I'm a gingerbread baby. You heard it here first, gang. Oh, my God. That that was the example of what triggers your anger. (laughs) Out of everything in the world, you're like, don't you hate it when you're trying to, at least you throw, you don't litter. No, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very (laughs) green. I just, but also, like, people get mad about politics. I, I'm so... I look at politics like sports. Like I am yeah. like it's it's a game. I don't I understand that there's like important issues at hand, but when people invest their emotions into like this candidate needs to be a, my savior, like I see it as like this is all yeah. this is you're none of the, like it I, I I don't so I don't emotionally invest in any a lot of things. When you're in an anger mode like you're seeing red, how do you get out of it? Uh I guess it when has When you miss the litter. I like to, uh, if I miss it, I mean, once I get it back in, hopefully there's like somebody around. Can I guess what you like to do? Okay, sure. You like to punch a wall? No, I've never, I've never punched. White 
men love punching what? walls. Yeah. What's the deal with that? Well, a lot of, fuck, I forget the comedian. There's a comedian. <laughs> I, I don't want to like do the uh, yeah. joke or justice, but it's like, it's, fuck, some really funny comedian in New York has a bit where he's like, or maybe it was Bill Burr or something, uh-huh. where he's like, we talk about, they talk about punching walls, yeah. but like every guy, like they always find like the hollow walls to punch. <laughs> I think it was Bill Burr. Where yeah. it's like, they just, they punch like the one that's like a hollow, then no one's ever punching a cement wall, you know? Well, I lived with two straight guys and, um, they were like meatheads and one of them punched on if it was a girlfriend punched a wall and he thought it was the shallow part but it wasn't so he just <sighs> broke his hand and then we just had this like weird ass hole in our wall for a while i've never i've never punched a wall i've never punched i've never like acted out of that kind of a rage what i do is like i guess i used to listen to a lot of angry music like this is a little like slipknot uh. hardcore so like mosh pitting used to be my thing or something but like well that's a healthy way to let it out go to the gym my gym playlist is just screaming <laughs> it's just <laughs> screaming and breakdowns and i could lift a car over my head when i'm listening to it it really taps me right back into that like how does your wife deal with when you get angry I never like I, I never get it's never at her. It's That's like so good. so if I'm driving and there's like a person that cuts me off, uh-huh. I'm like yelling at them. Did and your stuff. parents have that kind of rage? So it's just kinda of normal for you to see? I guess. Like yeah, I mean again, they fought a lot. Yeah. So it'd be like, you know, and it my, was your normal to have a little bit of anger. Yeah, but again, it's never like it's never directed at anybody. It's always at like situationally I'm mad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like again, it's those little things. You know when you you know when you like trip as you're walking and you yeah. like catch yourself, but you get scared and then yeah. you get mad that that just <laughs> yeah. happened. That's, that's it. Where you're like, I'm so fucking mad that I almost <laughs> fell and that it scared See, me. I'm more like the sad, feel bad for myself type. Like you're ever like having a bad day, like all these serious things went wrong and then you trip and then you're like, that was the worst. <laughs> 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 and then you lose it. You're like, I don't deserve this. <laughs> We are very opposite in that way. I, I never cry. I, am, I actually, I never cry either, which is why I should see a therapist. I don't react. But like, yeah, anger is never my thing except on the tennis court. It's the one sport where you like have a thing in your hand. So when you get mad, you're like, well, I need to break this. Sure. And the harder you hit it, the more, yeah, the more successful you might be. You when know was what I mean? the you cried? Well, it actually was, and I say recent saying that it was Christmas Christmas Eve, uh-huh. but before that it had probably been like years, but uh, I, uh, it was one of those things in Christmas Eve where like somebody was telling me this sad story about like, you know, it was like a family related, like neglectful dad, mm-hmm. which was like really hitting me because then I was like with my whole family and then mm-hmm. I felt so bad that they like had that upbringing and then like they felt part of our family now, which then it made, it made me like a happy and then you tried to throw something in the garbage and you missed yeah, and then I just started rage crying <laughs> but I remember it feeling great because I was also like wine drunk and I remember yeah. it like starting to feel good and then I like pushed it down where initially like a couple of my family members were like alright like wow this is like I've never seen you like this and then they were like you should go home and then I remember like pushing I was like listening to Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah like I was like anything sad give me everything sad See, I'm those, when I'm sad I don't want sad music to get sadder it's so like when I after I get out of a breakup most people listen to like sad I won't listen I will stay away from all music because I don't want to be triggered at all I don't want to feel my emotions that's smart no but I it, it happens so rarely for me that when it's there I'm like let's fucking swim in the deep end you know what I mean like I was like listening to like Hallelujah and I'm like it's such a sad song you literally just start crying about everything you're like I loved my cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, he's going to die he's someday. He's going to die one day. <laughs> I can't come to that truth. That's going like, to crush she's me. She's alone without me right now, and she's wondering where I am, and it's my fault that she's not happy I right will now. really be a bro. I will for 1,000% cry like I have at no other family member's funeral when my cats die eventually. 
podcast just got so dark. It's going to be bad. Um, but right now, woo, now, we're killing it. <laughs> right now, we're just petting and hissing and fighting. We're going to end with a final game called The Seven Deadly Sins. Okay, let's do it. Seven Deadly Sins. What are you greedy about? Uh, greedy? I would say that I'm, uh, I don't know. Like, I... I want to do everything in terms of like I want to I want to do I want to do stand up I want to do podcasts I want to like write and direct movies mm. I want to like make things with my friends like I want like it's just like I want to keep creating things and I feel like I get that paralysis of like I have so many things I want to do I don't know what to do first mm. and I feel I like I there's so many people that just like I just want to do stand up I don't want to do anything else yeah. I just want to do stand up and you're like oh man like I almost wish I had that, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Like, I would love to... I like people that are, like, multifaceted, that can go in different areas and, like, reinvent themselves. And sometimes, themselves. like, you don't even know your biggest stand-up opportunity could come from, like, you producing someone's talk show. 100%. Or... And I, I'm the same way as in... I've discovered stand-up through, like, a very unique um, route, but I find that, yes, yeah, stand-up is so much more multifaceted right now, and you ultimately just, like, stand-up is creating... And making people laugh. Yeah. So you can create and make people laugh in other aspects too. 100%. Um, yeah, it's an exciting time. I like making like internet videos and all that stuff. Like I, I just love creating funny things, but it's like, yeah. I also find for me lists are really helpful because I'm yes. like you where I'm like, I just want to take over the world. And then I'm like, okay, what's the first step to taking over the world? I'm like, let's edit this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's one step. We'll That's, get that out there. Yeah. Then lists. I'm like, let's make a reel. Let's right. make a ho- yeah. Do I want to be a TV show host? Let's start with a reel of me hosting. Oh, I don't have any hosting gigs. Okay. So let's, so like you just make lists and it could take, my list never ends. Like it's no. never like zero because I'm just always adding to it. That's but the problem with that's this life. With this industry too is like you can. There's never work. There's never work that doesn't need to be done. You could always be doing more. There's always. But like, I also think if you could find happiness within your work and not the like just moments where like you're doing you you got the role or you're doing a late night set. It's the moments. I I'm getting corny, but there's this quote that's like happiness is being happy when nothing's going on. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, and also then you're just not altered by your like events around you. For sure, yeah, I agree. You just dropped a truth That's bomb. It. I mean, you. Oh wow! It shut me up. It oh, stopped me dead in my tracks. <laughs> I was like, I quit. I'm out. I'm gonna go walk into traffic. Imagine that was like, well, okay. Yeah. Um, who are you envious of besides me? Besides you, and I guess yeah. I mean, I guess to an extent, people that, you know can do uh i used to be you know in, when you're early in stand-up too you get envious of others where it's like you know they have they have more or they like you know people doing it less time getting further than you and stuff and it's always it used to be a source of envy for me that i used to be like man i wish i had that uh life you know and then um but now it's actually a source of like pride for me where i go you know you so like people that are i i've never had any manager or agent or anything like that like I've everything that I've done has been self-made which has made me feel great because now like I'm saying 12 years in and I have like some momentum like some people know who I am in Mm -hmm. New York City I'm Mm -hmm. doing an album like all of this feels a lot better because all the connections that I've made have been on my own so Mm -hmm. it it was that phase you know you get that like weird like jealousy envy phase in the beginning which is that's the most important thing is when you realize you're in like the toxic friend group of people being like yeah but they don't deserve that they shouldn't do that it's like yeah, but also maybe they do. And, and then also the second you're the one that pops, they're talking like that about ex- you. Exactly. And also like, yeah, I like to, I, I noticed that 
I probably was like two or three years in and I was within like a group of comedians who I think of all the ones that I were in, I don't think any of them but me do it any do stand wow. up anymore because they're all too busy being like jaded like how come uh, you know how come Colbert and they're result oriented yeah but they're like how come you know whoever I guess whoever it was at the time but how come Conan doesn't know who I am it's like well because you do bar shows and do the same seven minutes in Brooklyn it's like why would anybody know you have to like mm-hmm. put yourself out there you know but now I surrounded myself with like comedians that are you know like we all push each other we're motivated and it, and I treat it like now the way I look at it is like it's a great thing. Like if one of my friends, one of my best friends gets a late night set, that's amazing because mm-hmm. now it's like the more successful they get, they, you know, you know, that's what is it? Exactly Rising tides raise all ships, you know? Yeah. It's like I treat it, I look at it like popcorn in a bag where it's like once one kernel pops and then another one, you're like, all these kernels are popping around me, you know? It's like I would have loved to. I, it's like, there was a quote that I just saw about popcorn. I'm so happy you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I've been trying to shoehorn that in for quite some time. But it was literally like when you're making popcorn, they all are cooked at the same temperature, but they pop at different times. Oh, shit. And it's like that's what life is. Like we're all on our grind. We're all going to pop at different times. And like your time's going to come as long as you're doing like what you want to do. And also if you're not even you just don't focus on your pop. The pop's going to come. Yes. And sometimes when you're less you put less hype on the pop. I know I'm speaking a lot of metaphors right now. Like you don't even know what it's going to be. Like sometimes you don't when you're know actually, how big you're going to yeah, pop. Like it, I used to, if I made it like a huge deal about me getting, a, starting a podcast, it's like, maybe that's all that would happen to me. Right. Instead I'm like, no, I, I, I want to do a podcast and I know it's where I feel comfortable. Sure. Like when you feel things are right and not like you're reaching, um, you don't know what you could do. Yeah. You just focus on, I like looked, I, I look at life like, uh, because I I did track in in high school and oh, stuff. Oh, I see that so for you. Cross country. Everybody always said cross oh, country wait, for the figure. What? Decathlete. No, I did I did high jump, sprinting, hurdles, four by oh, wow. all of them. I did a lot of like sprinting stuff. I never Speedy. had the stamina, even though I was way too tall and should have done cross country. Yeah. But you know when you're Isn't running, boring, when you're yeah, it's so boring. So I boring. hate running. I hate. And it. you have to be like mentally focused. Yeah, and also like I don't know any cross country people that aren't like a little bit loser, you know, uh, whatever. Anyway, so no offense to cross country people, but like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So, but when I, when I run, I look like at a 45 degree angle, like I look like four feet in front of me just to make sure I'm not tripping on anything, uh-huh. but I don't look at the end of the race. And that's how I feel like with my career. It's like, you got to look like I focus on like just ahead, like your next step, like, like your, your next three things on your list. Boom. That's it. I love metaphors. metaphors. Oh, they make me so happy. Okay. Um, what are you gluttonous about? Uh, good food. I mean, food, good food and good drinks. Like I, my, I could have chorizo nachos, <laughs> a good chorizo. There's a place that Where? I go. There's a place I go in Astoria. I have pictures of it on my phone because <laughs> I love it background. so much. It's my, <laughs> it's my background. It's like my baby picture. Um, but I had them last night. I'm not even lying. I had them last night because I was in Ireland for a week and I was like, I can't wait to fucking eat them. That's the one meal that I'm like, if I can get a good chorizo, I don't know why I love chorizo. And do you share it or you just get it for yourself? I'd like to share it, but um, if no one will offer to share it with me, I'm going to get it anyway and then just get real, real full. What's the place? Give the restaurant a shout out. El Mariachi uh, in Astoria. It's on, I think like Broadway, but they make the, if you eat it there, it's way better. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like one of those like divey Mexican places or you're walking. That was the best kind. It's a hole in the wall. Best, yeah. No, nobody in there is white but me, which is, like I said, you know, it's That's a good sign. A very yeah, good sign. But I get gluttonous about that. But um, if I'm being more metaphorical mm-hmm. about it, this might be a little deep. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I get gluttonous with the career. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, I, I kind of take for granted 
outside of comedy, friends and family. Like I don't, I think I don't always make enough time for to see family and friends because it's like we're all so busy. We're all living our lives. And again, there's always something to be done in stand-up or comedy. So I always want to keep doing stuff. But I feel like I got to like make more time to, you know, to see some friends and family members sometimes. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. then, you know, we're all going to die. So it's going to be <laughs> terrible tragedy. <laughs> Cool. Um, you know, oh, wow. Okay. I wish I just left it at the nachos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the nachos. That's the best. Can you cut that part out? Um, when was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? When was the last time you lost your shit? Oh, when's the last time I missed a garbage pail? <laughs> I, no, I actually know exactly when this was. Uh, and this was in a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you were not responding to me when I was trying to yell things at you. I was smashing my head against a window. And you were looking frightened, which made me angrier. <laughs> and that's why I brought you on this podcast. What the fuck <laughs> yeah. is triggering you? No, this is what triggered me. You didn't get to start your own blog. There was, yeah. <laughs> I was in a Starbucks and a guy, and this is, this goes. Starbucks shit goes down. It gets, mm, here, let me. <laughs> there was a man's cell phone went off. His ringer went off, where it's also like, first off, what are you doing with yeah. a ringer? And he didn't rush to stifle the ring. You know what I mean? Like it's it was always that, like, like obnoxiously loud. It was like and just like kept letting and like was staring. Was he at really the phone. old? He was like forties, and he was like staring at it and like debating, like should I? Should I? And it was and I'm just I'm just in my head. I'm like just answer the phone or don't answer the phone. Just do something. If you don't have your phone on vibrate at this point, I haven't heard my ringtone since the iPhone four, <laughs> and I think if your ringtone goes off in public. You're a bad person. One of my first tweets was like, if you still have a ringtone, like you're either a psychopath or you're really fucking old. Hundred You're a monster. You, you should be on. I've been on vibrate. I couldn't even tell you what my ringtone is on my phone. Yeah, I don't know. And if for some reason that by God, uh, you know, accident that my ringtone went off, I would leap to, to stifle it if I was in public as if porn was blasting out of my <laughs> phone. Like that's how embarrassed I would be. That anybody heard a loud noise coming from my phone. <laughs> Team vibrate so did you all yell day. At him? I I just was like I gave him that like that kind of, I did like the, the half turn. You yeah. know what I mean? You do the like you're gonna get that kind what, of. A what did you call it when you're like about to? What's that the called? Pump fake. Yeah, you're almost like pump faking with your eyes, where you're like. Yeah, we're like. Did you need help? Did you need help? It's the <laughs> it's one of the buttons. That'll any if you smash any button on the side, it will stop that noise in its track. If you click anything yeah. at this point. Um, when was the last time you were a sloth? I, uh, I don't know. I think I'm a pretty like motivated person, but I would say I get lazy. Cause you don't have a traditional nine to five. No, so no. So you could sleep in if you want. I was, well, I'm very, very lazy about that. Mm. I'm very bad at waking up early. Like before, before 10 a.m. Uh, is tough but before 9 a.m is like damn near impossible like i don't even i don't even get i'm actually it. pretty much the same like today I, I started to feel like good i was like i'm getting shit done and i looked and like it was 2 p.m yeah was, that's oh, when yeah. my day started 100 percent. <laughs> when t- i woke up i was like what a beautiful day out i'll lie to myself i'll like set my alarm for 9 55 to be like i woke up at nine something <laughs> and then like i'll have a coffee like read my social media and then i'm like oh 3 30 better start the day I also love doing things like I'll set my alarm for 8.30, wake up and be like, let's be honest, I'm not going to be productive for the next right. two hours, so let's just go back to sleep. Or I'll be like, I don't do morning yoga because I'm just not 
good at it in the morning. Oh, yeah, I don't know how anybody works out in the morning. Yeah, how do you go from your most fucking tired of the day to your most energetic yeah, of the strenuous. day within like 10 minutes? My wife loves it. She's so good at yoga, but she does it like after work and stuff. But she does like hot yoga and all that. You know, she goes and Good for her. It's very stuff. good yeah. for your mind too. Yoga's great. I try to do it with her and she's like, oh, you can do hot yoga with me. I was like, okay. And I go and does I'm she like. she do it with Mike Vecchione? He loves yoga. Where does He lives in, in Astoria, Astoria too. Does he she does go to the yoga, yoga room? Every, he does hot yoga. She goes, she's a, I don't know if I should be, I'm just plugging the <laughs> yoga room, but she goes to that, but it's, uh, sponsored by mushrooms and the yoga <laughs> yeah, room yeah. Astoria, but I tried to and go on El, El Mariachi. And I, yeah. I, it's just an Astoria sponsored thing. You can get mushrooms <laughs> from a guy I know in Astoria, <laughs> but uh, I tried to do hot yoga with her and it was dying. And then she's like, it's not that hard, right? She's like holding her leg up here. She's like doing headstands. I was like, I'm puking. For it's the so impressive. People who do yoga. It's not even that. It's when you get done with hot yoga. That's the day. Mm. Like, I'm, oh yeah, you're so fucking dehydrated. She was like, just do it. Then you can go do shows. I had to like go do shows afterwards. I'm like, <laughs> you're like I'm yawning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does um, end your day. So do it after your sets um, <laughs> at 1 a.m. When was the last time you let your pride get in the way of something? It's the toughest question. Um, I, I mean, we all comics, you know, we're insecure people, I think, you know, at heart. So we have those moments of like, um, I think a little insecurity like breeds success like if you're not insecure about yourself you don't want to prove anything to anyone oh yeah it's you need a constant state of approval like i think like there's f- like so many interviews of like chris rock being like i don't think i'm funny anymore or like i don't know if i've ever been funny like it's like <laughs> where you're like well you're you know it's like it's crazy <laughs> that some you would think hear someone say that but i also totally 100 percent get it but there's yeah, like you get those things where like people lowball you on offers and mm-hmm. i'm in a i'm in this weird phase where like i've been doing it long enough and like have a tiny bit of respect in the in the New York City community mm-hmm. and so it's like but I'm not you know famous enough to sell tickets but mm-hmm. I have the stand-up time and the goods to do an hour so mm-hmm. it's like I'm caught in that it's also weird because now social media is like blown up right and people who will like such as myself who don't have nearly as much experience some people will give opportunities to because sure. like oh she has Instagram followers but it, but but I under I also it's like you can't you can only get mad to a point where like they're business owners they want seats filled yeah. I mean it's like you'd like to think that any funny is the most important thing but it's the 12th most important thing on the it's like a lot of politics it really is a lot of it's politics. just like any other nine to five job it's all it's I just all networking. suck it though like I don't <laughs> yes. they don't do it for the <laughs> <laughs> um when was the last time you lusted over someone um, I mean, besides my wife, um, <laughs> do you have like a celebrity crush? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean my celebrity crush growing up my whole life was Gwen Stefani. That was like <gasps> my, I lo- well, considering you're like rock band days, yeah. she was like the biggest badass bitch ever. I've never seen anybody. I'm just a girl. She in was the so world. hot. She was like, she was like funny. She had abs for days. Oh yeah. She was, it's the only, she only like t- invented abs. I think she's the only woman that I've ever been like. I've ever been like abs are a thing that I wanted and I don't want that in any other woman but Gwen Stefani. You know what I mean? It's just like she's just like and she just is like bubbly. I don't know. Everything about it I was like I feel like we would be perfect soulmates. Uh, <laughs> and now she's got to be fucking married with a bunch of kids and shit. She is actually not she's not aging well though because she, I mean she's still beautiful but she's like you can tell she's had a lot of like yeah, surgeries her face or move. face. But yeah. she looks identical to 20 years ago, which but that's, but I don't like that. I don't love that. I like the aging with a little bit of dignity, a little streaks Grace. of gray. Grace. The Clooney effect, which I'm sure he's also had a, a ton of work done too, but he still has like that. But Leonardo DiCaprio, I know he's aging horrifically, <laughs> but that guy, he is, 
he is my go-gay. Are these your true crushes? He's my go-gay guy. <laughs> I served him once at a restaurant uh-huh. in the my second day in my first restaurant job uh-huh. after a, uh, this high-volume restaurant in New York City. I had 300 outdoor seats, largest outdoor seating section down in the financial district. Uh, I, you said they had need, needed five years of high New York City experience of like volume uh-huh. to work there, and I made up an entire resume. Would you believe that every restaurant I worked at beforehand had either closed or gone out of business? <laughs> wow. Or just, you know, what do you know? Or their phone was disconnected, <laughs> and I trick and I put everything. I put like high-end like steakhouse and I put Uh like Applebee's like I put like everything so that I could be like I have a little bit they're like this is a really diverse thing and I'm like I know (laughs) and uh they hired me and then like the yeah it was my first or second day on the job and then they go um you know, I'm in the weeds because I don't know what I'm doing. But also, it's like it's serving. Like I people I, love I, saying in the weeds in the restaurant yeah, industry. Yeah. I'm in the weeds. I'm in the weeds. Listen, like <laughs> I respect people that can do that, and I think bartending and serving. There's a lot of juggling to go on. Yes. But like, if we're really being like honest about it, it's like it's not the hardest job in the world. It's just time management. Like yeah. if people can excel at it. You just have to know what to do. Like someone sits down, ask them if they want a drink, then come back, ask them how their food is. Like double check. It's like there's simple steps here, you know. <laughs> but so I'm like I'm running around. I'm trying to understand like how serving works and everything. And I all these people in my section it's so busy for lunch and then the hostess like you have a, a VIP in your section so I'm like thinking it's the boss or the ma- I'm having a heart attack yeah. and then I like walk over to the table and I'm like hi welcome to <laughs> and I like stifle like I just because he's like I mean he was always my guy yeah. I loved him forever and he was with his mom and he had a dog and it was a cute little dog and then he why had, would like, he go to such a busy place because he lived he had an apartment down there so he okay. had like but I mean he was like a big aviator yes. sunglasses hoodie on yeah. and he just he was he was super he was so nice he fucking he was nice he was even though you're did you fuck up no i tried i think i like it was you're like every other table is upset but his table i focused on for sure that <laughs> uh, but he was he was so down to earth and like his voice was so velvety smooth i couldn't oh, help yeah. it but i didn't fan i think i said something like you know like I love your work. Anyway, what can I get? Like, you know what I mean? Like I said, I was like a professionally, like I got to say something, but also, and he was, he was great. He tipped, I think like 50 or 60% of the bill. And mm. he had like a fake name on his credit card, which was so funny to me. There was like, and it was some like wildly. Maybe it wasn't him the whole time. No, that would have been, <laughs> that would have been bad for look, the look end. Look how upset of, you look right now. You're like, my whole life's been a lie. Was, did I just, did I not meet Leonardo DiCaprio and I met T.L. Birkenstein? <laughs> because... That's what the name said on the credit card. <laughs> You're like, he lied on his credit card. I'm like, nope, you yeah. made up that whole story in your <laughs> <Yeah>. head. <laughs> I was like, I loved Body of Lies. And he was like, okay, can I have my soup? <laughs> and he's just really bad at math and gave you 50%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wanted to give you five. He just didn't carry the one. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to wrap up every podcast with a final question, oh, wow. which is what advice would you give to people about how to cope with your hell? Um... Well, besides lists mm-hmm. and popcorn metaphors, <laughs> uh, I think like the best advice, fuck, the best advice I that I like hit me the most, at least. I don't know. It should apply, I guess, to everything. But uh, is like if they always say, if someone told me, if you're always looking left and right, you can never see what's in front of you. Mm. Which is so like, don't be comparing yourself to others as much and being like, look at their progress, look at they're doing over here, because you're not seeing your own goals. So I think just focusing on you. And uh, yeah, you'll hit a tree if that happens. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna and you'd be pissed. Yeah, unless you're Billy Joel, and then you kind of just leave the car there and stumble home. <laughs> he's just he's a Long Island hero. <laughs> he is he's, he's just like the best drinking and drive. The man is. Can we talk about Billy Joel for a second? This man, everybody, yeah, focus on your own personal hell. You'll be out of it. Find positive thoughts. Oh bullshit, Billy Joel. The man 
Just he played he played all over the world. He fucking takes a helicopter to Madison Square Garden, does plays the same hits he's been playing for twenty years. Uh-huh. Takes a helicopter back, uh-huh. living the life. Gets drunk, slams his tree into a car, his car into a tree, <laughs> walks away from it. He's dated the hottest women of all time. I mean, it's like ugh. I heard he's actually like broke, and that's why he keeps having to do these shows. He's getting a million dollars per show, so it's like what he is has he, a spending problem. What is he know. doing? I don't know. And he's a hero. He's such a Long Island. Ugh. He is. I fucking love Billy Joel. Love Billy um, Joel. Where can people follow you? Please follow me. Uh, all social media, but Instagram, I like the most. It's <laughs> at I am Mike Feeney. Uh, but it's on same for Twitter and anything else. And uh, yeah, MikeFeeneyComedy.com, YouTube.com slash MikeFeeneyComedy. But please and, check out the album. And your podcast. Podcast. Irish Goodbye Podcast. Storytelling Podcast. It's very fun. Check it out. It's always free every week. And then, yeah, but buy the album. Rage Against the Routine. Available anywhere Rage you can buy Rage Against the Routine. Albums. Mike Feeney, hysterical. Thank you so much for coming to hell. Thanks for And guys, me. join my Patreon. I have some good stuff on there. Thanks. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>